Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode one, two, six. This week on Toy Power, we hit up all the latest news, and then we jump into a movie review as we take a look at Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Frank. Well, hoi, hoi. Darren. Hello, everyone. And Ben. G'day, g'day. All right, let's kick it off with some news. Three, two, one. Cue music. So what have you got for me? She's got a new hat. Mattel is back in a big way this San Diego Comic Con convention. So there's been some newly announced San Diego Comic Con exclusives. And these include the Mattel Netflix Shira and the Princesses of Power Shadow Weaver versus Shira Two Pack. You mean where Mattel are actually making Shira toys? Get out! I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe it. It's hey, just, someone got some pictures. It's just a hashtag. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a hashtag that um, you can follow to find the next hashtag. Now, <laughs> importantly, these are nothing like the figures that we saw from, from Super, Super 7. 7. Yep. These are more what you'd call maybe the superhero girl yep, style of like doll. Yep. Yeah, Action are. figure doll. And that doesn't surprise me. I, I kind of thought that would probably go down this, Mattel would go down this road just simply because of the historical nature of the vintage Princess of Power line that the, the super, DC superhero girls line would be a good sort of blending of, you know, that historical rooted hair, you know, doll slash figure design but in today's more contemporary sort of sort of market so what do you think dc superheroes girls that line came out about two two to three years ago mm. i remember seeing the action figures absolutely clearanced yeah the, the action figures work closer to your six inch sort your of six style inch yeah. Yeah, yeah blister card style yeah. action figure they also had the larger dolls with the rooted well, hair is that not what these are that's what that these are these are more yeah. the larger inch. ones yeah. well, the other concern is is the star wars ones if they can't move the uh, princess leia and the um and the ray ray and things like that they were, they were clearance well. very yeah. heavily mm. uh, it is concerning but look you got to try you know i i give them credit for giving it a shot creating a new market yep. and things not not just more masters of the universe classics yep. not m- not more of the vintage style just an updated uh torso or something uh, i think you've got to give it a shot and look uh, as i said uh, before like i'll probably get them if they're retail if they're a good sp- price not for me but for my kids yep. like yep, I, I have personally no interest in collecting them for myself that's not the sort of style i collect but something for the next generation, yeah. uh, hopefully it might resonate. Well, $40 isn't a bad price for two, so that's saying it's a $20 US figure. If these are hitting mass market retail, they're probably going to be around the $30 to $35 yeah, mark. 30 bucks, uh, yeah. You'd hope that's a con-exclusive price, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, even yeah, with so, the yeah. extra packaging and things, well, maybe. How much, how much do the DC Superhero Girl ones go for now? I don't know about now, but they were around that. I thought they were around 20, that 20, 25. 25. Yeah, 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 quite affordable. Mm. And then with the sales, you know, very, very buyable. So if it's that sort of price range, these might do quite well. Mm. All right. Now, Darren, who's the biggest fan in this room when it comes to Batman? Probably Frank. <laughs> is there a, Incorrect. Is there a four-pack with some very wacky variants? How do you feel about this? Because we're talking one of your favourite comic book properties, Batman, and yep. we're talking one of your least favourite things in the world, wacky variants. Now, these do have... <laughs> they do have, have historical a, 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 precedence. They do so, have historical so significance. They, they do have that historical significance. It's probably not what I would have chosen for... The, the final San Diego Comic-Con exclusive for Mattel or for the Milestone 80th anniversary. But what can I say? They It is part of the franchise's history. Those colours have appeared in, in comic books and, you know, sort of certainly are a part of the mythology. It's probably not 
necessarily a part of the the franchise that many of today's fans would be necessarily aware of. Those I don't know. That talk, talk us through done. the colours. What what do we get in this four pack? Zebra Man. Yeah, yep. we get. We get Zebra Man or Optical Illusion Cape Man oh. that will send you going a bit loopy with your eyes. <laughs> what, what did Sheldon call himself? The Doppler effect? Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing strikes fear into the heart of criminals like a, a flying zebra. No. Like, That's wrong. Well, I'd be pretty scared if I saw a flying zebra just quietly. There's a pink one. Is there a pink There is a rainbow, rainbow one. That's one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. I know the cover so well, but I can't quite picture it. There is a regular style Batman, mm-hmm. so quite a comic book, you know, grey and blue. Yep. And I'm failing... Very much Silver Age. Yeah, was yeah. Failing to remember the fourth one. Yeah, I'm failing to remember it too. But this is from the Silver Age of, of yes. the mythology, so it's not like it's taken from nowhere. Like I said, it's probably not what I, I would have done with it for, you know, the, the, you know, the full stop on Mattel's franchise as far as or their line and as far as the San Diego exclusives go or the 80th anniversary but they, they kind of make up with it um, for their with their next exclusive which is the the 1989 Mattel Hot Wheels Batmobile so from the 1989 film from the Tim Burton era so they kind of kind of make up for it there that's certainly something that that is celebrating a milestone of its own it's 30 years since that film came out only only this week just gone actually so so it makes sense to sort of be acknowledging that, and that's probably where I would have, I would have probably, if I was working for Mattel, I probably would have wanted to take the exclusive because I figure, for the figures as well, because I figure that's a worth, that's a worthy milestone in its own rights because it's been thirty years of continual Batman figures on shelves, something that up until that nineteen eighty nine film wasn't happening. Every few years they'd, they'd do a Batman or a DC line that that Batman was in, and then they'd have just as many if not more years with nothing on the market so i probably would have singled out something that that fell into that 30 years of you know continual batman lines and uh on the topic of hot wheels didn't they uh, just release something one of your franchises frank uh mm. all of our franchises actually uh a turtle van i believe based on the very cartoon-esque uh, fred wolf uh, and the sort of toy version i yes. believe party wagon. Um, it is party a party wagon, wagon. yeah uh, Party wagon, to yeah. accurate. Is that a con exclusive as it's well? It's a con exclusive is, in yeah. like sort of a beautiful bubble shape, mm. but usually sort of con exclusives do hit retail shelves in their regular blister. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure if this is scaled up or not. Uh, there's yeah. not really any indication. Sometimes they do the larger scales yeah, for the, the cons. Size, yeah. uh, so you know, I'd I'd happily take one. What what are they? One seventy two scale or something? Yeah, one seventy two. Um, yeah, so I'd I'd buy that in a heartbeat mm. if I saw that on toy shelves, especially for a couple of bucks. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, definitely. It's interesting. Mattel has really come out with these con exclusives within a big way compared to what they have done and in the last couple early of years. Too. At this point, we're still two weeks away from Comic Con. Yeah, but I guess they do usually announce the exclusives out to give you a bit of time yeah, to digest okay. them. And leading into that, something really strange has happened, particularly mm. with the Mattel exclusives. So. Who here has been to the con and picked up exclusives? Yes. Yep. There's no point raising my hand, but yes. Yeah. Well, I remember back in the day, basically, you would... I think I might have even pre-ordered them, right? It was 2011. I went on to Maddie. I was able to basically secure them, but then I had to physically go and pick them up. And I remember remember actually walking back to the hotel with these big bags. I'd gone into a different ballroom where they were all set up, and I picked up the goods and basically took them back to my hotel room, and I had to pack them and ship them all back to Australia. Well, gone are the days of actually picking up stock from a convention. That sounds really simple, Trent. How do we do it now? What you do is you go online, but you need to be going to the San Diego Comic Convention, right? right. So you can you place an order online. Yeah. When you get to the con, you show your badge to someone at the Mattel booth. They tick your name off a list. Yep. You don't get any goods. You don't pick up any conventions. They then you get they a then secret handshake, basically yeah. Mattel secret handshake, hashtag yep. handshake. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. And then they post them out to you. Why not? What? Yep. Why not just take the order online and post it out to you? Well, because Why? it's a con exclusive. And how do they know if you're going to the con unless you rock up at the con and get your name? So why off? don't I just give it to you at the con? Well, that would mean extra logistics and having stock actually at the con. As when they boot. can just ship it to your door. It's oh, also a way of... Your head is hurting! <laughs> but it's also potentially a way of ensuring that only US fans get them. 
Well, not because, necessarily. Well, you have to not, because you other, have to go to the con. Other people from outside of the US may travel each year to the con. It, it does, true, it but don't they have it. to ship them to a US address? They probably do, what, but yeah. there's, there's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But the other the other issue I have with this, right? Aside from the obvious, this is just ridiculous, <laughs> right? What? But imagine lining up and wasting an hour, half an hour, an hour, because we all know how long yeah, these yeah. damn lines are. Wasting an hour only just to get your name ticked off to to wa- yep. waste an hour and you know those the every second of San Diego Comic Con you want to be yeah, doing something doing you know Absolutely. you don't you don't want to be lining up just to get your name flicked ticked off you want to you want to receive something at the end of that half yeah. an hour yeah you want right. something to show for or an experience that's right that's right it's just not going to feel the same like I know. All those cons I bought that year because I went and I got them and I looked at them and I enjoyed them. I mean, what's the point if you just exactly. get an email? It takes away the specialness of it. Mm. There was actually a article on the Fush mm. that did talk about this and I did read it. I think it went around our page yep. and it was just, you know, this, this particular author um, of the Fush isn't a big con person. He admits he's not a con person and he doesn't like exclusives. But he understands the need for them. Yep. But he just felt this has just gone to madness. Essentially, yep. this uh, this style of operating now. So yeah. it is a very different era that we're operating in. Doesn't, and doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, if they are con exclusives, yeah, sure, I can understand. You need to be at a con to get them. Um, gone are the beautiful days of Maddie Collector where we could actually get a lot of this stuff. And being an international mm. fan, actually get it shipped to our door. But that is the way it is at the moment. Hey, now, I read a really interesting article during the week, and this was interesting for, for a couple of reasons, mm. but I think you have to take this with a pinch of salt. So there's this guy that's around. He's the creator of MGA Entertainment and is best known, because you might not have heard of MGA Entertainment. Mm. That company is essentially best known for creating Bratz. That is the Bratz creator, Isaac Larian. Now, he's been trying to purchase Mattel. And that might be through hostile takeover, potentially. I think he even admitted as much in, he, in an interview. He did, yeah. yeah he did yeah. say that was one of his avenues. And it was, it, it, to me, it was a bit of the sour grapes. Yep. You know, he's had a go at acquiring, bar, at acquiring Mattel, which is pretty much one of the biggest toy companies in the world. We all know the financial difficulties they've gone through in a post-Toys R Us era. And we've talked about in previous podcasts about some of the write-downs they've had to do, writing off... Um, they've, Laying off staff. They've, they've gone yeah. through all that restructuring to try and get their profit under control and all things. But Larian was basically saying, we've gone in, we've done a look at the books through the due diligence process, and we think it's insolvent. Mattel is insolvent. And if it's not, well, it's not worth much. Hey, and I want to buy it, and I'll pay you very little for it. <laughs> I mean, it just reeks yeah. of sour grapes. It's sore loser. It's sore loser. It's and and basically saying, yeah, maybe Barbie's got a bit of value, but not as much as you might think. Well, the market will determine what it's worth. And at the moment, it's trading. Yeah. The US has pr- some pretty strong laws about trading when you're insolvent, and I don't think you'd be able to do it too easily these days with the SEC, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think this is very much a case of sour grapes and I won't be buying any Bratz dolls anytime soon. <laughs> but then even on the on the news of this this article, like Mattel's stock dropped, of it course, did. because there's these headlines going around that, you know, they're quote-unquote insolvent, according to one guy who failed to buy the company. It says more about him than Mattel, in my opinion. But... Yeah, I, I think that's right. Uh, so I don't think there's a lot to worry about. Mm. But it is, an, it is a very interesting state of play when you imagine that pretty much the biggest toy company in the world, uh, depending on how you judge the companies next to Hasbro... Mm. It is hitting the headlines with talks of them being insolvent. So that is, I guess, a pretty scary proposition to imagine a world where those sort of things are occurring. God, can you imagine that? Because what they do, what masters brats? Then is that is that where this goes? If if he buys it, I don't know. I think he probably wants it more for. for I think he's just got a thing against Barbie because there was a lot of legal stouches back in the day around you know yes. what he copied and yep. and how he went about it, but. The article, I do have to round this out because there's a bit of serendipity here and maybe a bit of flashing back to 1987. The article, the author of the article, the one I read in particular, commented now, well, Mattel is putting everything on the line for Masters and if Masters doesn't do well, there is a risk that this will come to fruition. So mm. that, that is very... I know this is almost like on a grand scale, 
you know, back in 87, it was, well, if the film doesn't do well, the Masters is dead. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking potentially in 2021, if Masters doesn't do well, Mattel is dead. I mean, and that's what the article is mm. suggesting. Now, I don't think it's going to come to that, but that's a pretty interesting reflection on where we are now and what Masters of the Universe might mean for Mattel. Yeah. I, I can't help but feel Hot Wheels still keeps them yeah, afloat. Yeah, absolutely. Like if Barbie's, it's everywhere, even yeah, in supermarkets. If Barbie's having trouble, I think Hot Wheels keeps them afloat and has kept them afloat all these years. And um, I think I think Mattel need to start doing something with their other properties, like such as Dino Riders. You know, mm-hmm. give it to someone else. Yep. You know, let them make the toys and do all that tr- do all that trouble, but then get a percentage of the Correct. cut. Uh, and uh, you know, yeah, and and make some money that way. Like it's common sense. Mm. Well, speaking of another big toy company, we are looking at Hasbro. Hasbro have revealed a couple of their exclusives heading into Comic-Con. There was a wonderful-looking vintage-style Hulk on the old-school Toy Biz card. When I first saw that, I was like, you beauty, we're getting a wave... Three, yeah, I think it would be. It would be, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just a one-off, just with the Hulk, and I wonder if that's because of the sheer size of him. I'm hoping he's going to be bigger than your average yes. sort of Marvel Legends. He does look, look like he takes up a fair bit of that blister. Yeah, so that that looks amazing. They also revealed a two-pack of The Collector from Guardians of the Galaxy, played by Benedict Del Toro, yep. and the Grandmaster, otherwise known as our good friend Jeff Goldblum, of the Grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok. Now, these are probably the first Marvel Legends in a long time that have a very different style mm. of packaging. They've got almost like a, a half-moon sort of crescent-curved frontage to them. I'm not sure if the two are somehow attached and maybe they fold and go back-to-back back so you get a circular-type effect. But, yeah, one of the coolest things, apart from the, the accuracy that it really looks like the the actors, oh, yeah. uh, the, the Jeff Goblin figure comes with the melt stick yep. and even a little rubber pile of goo right. after he's melted someone from he the movies. That's so. attention to detail. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I loved the fact that Hulk came with the pipe. He came with the you know oh, the, the little vintage pipe style yep. of accessory. He's bent it. He's bent yep. it and it's all crushed. And it's done really, really nicely. Okay, nice. So and it even has that burst on the box, you know, with crushed pipe. With crushed pipe. Yeah. So that is a wonderful little addition. Definitely. Toy company Necker from Yestercades in New Jersey. They've uh, had their own little con and they've released some Ninja Turtle reveals. A video game super shredder with a very cool sculpt, but odd paint scheme, including the pixelated Minecraft look, which actually degrades the figure in my opinion. Yep. So definitely the sculpt is there, but the overall colour scheme, even like he looks like he's got skin type pants well, that- on, uh, just... Like, that comes from the was it Turtles in Time yeah. arcade version. Yeah, it's accurate to it's, the color scheme there, yeah. and, and he's got like a green lightsaber. Well, it just looks it just looks w- is, wacky. Is it a new sculpt? It is. It's, it's got elements. The shredder parts of his outfit are bigger, so because he is a super shredder. Yeah, right. If you actually line them up against the original, you know, video game yep. buck of the shredder that was released in the uh, four pack. So the um, bucks the same, but the armor's different? Yeah, from okay. what I could tell, yeah, a lot of it is the same. It's a really interesting thing, this look. You know, you put this very yeah. pixelated design on what is essentially a, a normally sculpted human character, and it just is this melding that, to me, doesn't quite mesh in a figure. Yeah. There's a lot... I sent around a picture of, like, Mario from Mario Brothers, which is done in a blocky style, and it's mm. painted in that pixelated style, and that works because it's... It's 100% reflective of what the game sprite would have looked like. But yep. this is just this weird mishmash. You're taking a, a, a two-dimensional colour scheme, yep. if you will, on and putting it on a three-dimensional figure, and it just doesn't translate. It, Agreed. It, it Agreed. doesn't work. And NECA has a history of doing this. They did it first with their Michael Keaton Batman. They did him in a video game box-style packaging with the sort of the blues and the purples and mm. the blacks. And I know like that one actually looked quite good because it wasn't pixelated it was just in the shades of shadows almost. shadows yep. yeah which looked cool and it was a great way then when they did the blu-ray they were able to get us a film accurate michael keaton i think the very first action figure to really in that six inch scale to look like michael keaton mm. batman and they were able to get around the licensing issue by putting it as a free pack in with the blu-ray yep. so thumbs up you've done a great thing you've given us the video game figure if you don't like it don't buy it but it's led to the fact we've got a Michael Keaton Batman. 
This one, and then I think they did a few other ones. No, they've, they've done, done lots. They've Jason Voorhees, they've yeah. done uh, yeah, Alien and T- Predator, Terminator. I believe. Terminator, yeah, you name it. They've they've gone through their back catalogue and made mm. a lot of these characters in this wacky colour schemes mm. and pixelated themes, but um, this one is ultra Minecrafty pixelated. Yes. It's not my cup of tea. Now, tell us about Slash, because this was another interesting one as well. We saw pictures of Slash. Yeah, so this was... Um it was, was we've already seen some photos of them doing what looked like um i'm getting the two confused now it was like a sh- this one is a show accurate yes slash, right so it looks like he's got the very sort of i guess friendlier sort of roly-poly turtle faces you remember yep. from the cartoon uh looked closer to almost like one of those those turtles classics figures from about i want to say about 2012 like that sort of size it was a bit taller and leaner larger than your sort of six inch stuff i gotta say it didn't jump out at me i knew who it was straight away but i just slash and i think we spoke about it in our patreon chat slash has been in what maybe two to three episodes of the entire i I can't remember it yeah Yeah. i think he's in some of the later stuff i haven't seen the whole series we've got the whole series on dvd but i haven't seen it all yeah, and I think he's in some of the later stuff a bit more often. But, yeah, even so, the action figure is the one people remember. Yeah. And then the video game following that, I think, more so than than the animation. Yeah, so, yeah, the the fact that the other one that looked very close to the toy, toy yeah. or even the video game present, so, bang, you knew who it was. Oh, my God, I want it. This one, you go, I see what you were doing, but no thanks. It doesn't Not translate well. Yep. The yeah, the toy one that they showed about two and a half years ago mm. um, looked great. You could tell what they were doing. They were doing a toy sculpt and they were painting it with the video games like we've talked about to get it out yep. there. And then clearly when the licensing worked, they were going to then do it as a toy colours. Um, looks like they've gone away from that, which is really interesting. And does well, it give you a bit yeah. of insight into maybe what Super yes, 7's doing? Well, my, that's my yeah. speculation. I, I um, shouted out, you know, is that one of the conversations that Brian yeah. had uh, mm. with the guys from Necker and said, hey, you know, where where are we crossing our lines and we don't want to, you know, double do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously maybe they've had that chat and they're like, well, Necker's going to go in this ultra cartoon version and maybe Super 7 are going into this ultra toy um, version and and they're going to try and go off in separate pathways to not step on and then a service potentially two separate markets. And also, a lot of collectors, I bet, hardcore, will buy, we'll buy both, both of them. Both, yeah. Well, yeah, just to just to clarify exactly what Ben just said there, when we had Brian Flynn on the show, he did. We asked him the question, mm. you know, how do you work out who's going to do what? Do what? Yep. And his answer was, I, I'm friends with Randy Fork. I just sat I down with down him to and his we were, house oh, yeah, and we, we had a beer. We like. just worked it out. <laughs> now, and that is fascinating because I think you're 100% spot on. The change from seeing a toy version of Slash by NECA to seeing a cartoon version. And that was at the same con. So that was last year's con. They revealed that. And then they're they're like, oh, no, we're going to cross over our lines here. We we don't want to fix it up. I don't want to annoy you and you don't want to annoy me. Let's rejig this. And um, now all of a sudden, a year, almost a year later, which is about the time that a toy takes to make. uh, And all of a sudden, we've got a new sculpt, new look, new paint scheme, all this jazz. Mm. And um, yeah, so... Let the speculation begin. <laughs> it will, I think it'll all be revealed in a couple of weeks when we do hit San Diego. But the yep. other one out of that was we had Granitor mm-hmm. was there as one of the other prototypes from done in that video game. Yep. But, you know, I know he never really had a cartoon well, toy. Hit, no, cartoon toy. Yep. But as well, General Trag, I General think Trag, we saw yeah. in yes. more of his cartoon and video game look as well. But another big reveal, one that I was very excited about because for me... The Leatherhead toy was never a hundred percent. I was never a hundred percent happy with him. I love the toy. Let, let's mm. get me. Let's be honest, because I got it as a kid. I love that little red trap he came with. He came with the shotgun you could put in the back. But he just, to me, that was one where the cartoon looked probably. I would have preferred to get more of that yes. upright style. Well, we are getting a very cartoon show and show accurate and he is very different to the toy and he does come with that little red trap little although red. it's done in silver this time yep no he looks great so who, who do you think owns the likenesses to the vintage playmates toys would it be playmates or would it be nickelodeon nickelodeon now nickelodeon yeah, yeah, yeah. because they've bought the whole whole thing out yep. yep yeah everything uh these days has got nickelodeon stamp on it very very exciting i can't wait for san diego um, it's coming up. We are going to, in three weeks, I think from now, we are going to reconvene and we're going to do a very hot off the press 
episode. Yep. I think as we're recording, we'll probably be the end of, I think, day one, more or less, in the States, with the way it works out with time. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to uh, do stuff as it comes out. We did have a bit of news, which I don't have on the run sheet, but I do want to talk about quickly. And it was the Power Rangers 6-inch Lightning Collection exclusive. It's going to be a Walgreens exclusive. And this is the Mighty Morphin Dragon Shield Black Ranger figure from Hasbro. These are very nice. We are getting these 6-inch versions of Power Rangers figures. We have got a number of them released um, very recently, including you know Red Power Ranger, the Gold Power Ranger... We even got Lord uh, Lord Zed. Zed, yeah, which unfortunately is one per case. One so per that's case. why he's so hard Expensive. to get and and sells out so damn quickly. Anyway, moving on. But twenty <laughs> points of articulation for the Black Shield Ranger. He comes with an you know the the holster with the gun, but he's also got this massive like shotgun laser. A cannon type thing that you can hold in both his so hands. So is it essentially the Black Ranger but with more accessories? Is that what it is? Uh, or have they not done the Black Ranger? They haven't done scale. They've yeah. just started oh, okay. this line. Yes, so it, it is yeah. pretty much new. Um, very new. It's And it's part of what they're calling the Lightning Collection. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see a regular release of a, a Black Ranger down the because, track. Because yeah. this Hoping Black, so. But I mean, extra. Yeah, yeah, this Black Ranger has the same gold uh, sort of sheath uh, uh, around the his shoulder shoulders stuff, yeah. like the Green Ranger had. So gotcha. in yep. the, the the original Black Ranger, not uh, not that I'm a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan, <laughs> but the Black Ranger did not have that. Yep. None of them did except for the Green Ranger. Yes. So this is something deeper into the evolution of the, the line. Gotcha. So. so speaking of lightning, then what comes after lightning? A storm. Tell us about a storm, Trent. A after storm lightning, there's thunder. And we're... <laughs> Can you get a bit of ACDC Thunderstruck? I think we can work that in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just think this is a wonderful little story here around Storm Collectibles, the Hong Kong-based toy company that has the license to do Mortal Kombat figures and they're doing an absolutely stunning job. I'll tell you a little bit about the background of Storm and the way they've done it because I think it's a really masterful strategy in this day and age for toy companies to kind of mirror. So Storm Collectible started putting out Mortal Kombat figures about three years ago. And what was the first figure they decided to do? Scorpion. Scorpion. Now, why do you do Get Scorpion? Get over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your money over here. <laughs> they just hit your wallet, don't they, with yep. that harpoon. And basically, if you had bought Scorpion, you've done very well because yep. he goes for about four to $500 US, that bad boy. Um, he is very, very popular. And a lot of the Storm stuff has held its value very well, particularly that stuff that came out early. Yeah, that Wave 1 stuff. But they did Scorpion, of course, because you just change the paint apps and give them a few extra accessories, and you've got Sub-Zero, you've got Reptile, you've got Ermac, you've got Noob Sabot, you've got Rain, Rain, you've got Smoke. smoke. (laughs) Um, They'll probably do a Chameleon at some point. You could do a Chameleon, that's right. So very, very clever, and they've got to a lot of those, except with the exception of Chameleon, and then they've also gone and done a lot of those in a bloody version. So basically the same figure, but just with lots of blood uh, splatters on the outfit. And Transformers fans have the nerve to complain about repaints in their lines. <laughs> Jeez. Yep. This is, so far, it's been all repaints yeah. just about. Pretty much. So that's how they started. And I think that's a really clever move in this day and age. Um, these are expensive figures. They range between $70 US and about $85 US, depending on what you're getting. Things like Goro they've done. They've done Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn, we've got him in the room with us today. He's got the big throne. Yeah. He's got alternate heads, all the hands you could ever imagine. A lot of soft rubber is used mm. on these, um, which is interesting. I'd be interested to see how they last, you know, 10 years later. Mm. But they're a great collector figure, and they've gone really far, and they're going even further now. There's heaps of stuff coming out from Storm. So hot off the release of all these figures, we've got the new Cyrax, which is the yellow robot from Mortal Kombat 3. And of course, you're going to get Sector and you're going to get the Purple Smoke um, Ninja as well coming down the track. So that's very cool. And it's very Mortal Kombat 3-esque. But hot on the tail of Cyrax is from um, Mortal Kombat 3. We're getting the version of Scorpion. So for all of those that missed out on Scorpion, uh, I think he's in the, I think he's playable in the Ultimate, Ultimate Edition. Mortal yeah, Kombat Ultimate 3, Mortal yeah. Kombat 3. So he's got, I guess, the kind of vest, yellow vest with yeah, the black with lines on it. paneling almost on it. And yeah, yeah the paneling pretty much. And the alternate head is still with the mask, but the lower part of the mask where the yellow is is now a skull. His mm. harpoon's a little bit different to the first release. It's sort of, 
The first release was a straight harpoon, yep. whereas this is zigzagging as it's flying through the air. Nice. So few different effects. So they've given they've uh, it's clever because they've let collectors plug that hole who can't afford a six hundred dollars scorpion. Yeah. But then kept the yeah. specialness of the first one. Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a really nice move. I have the entire line, and between me and Frank, we were able to display it nicely at the Frank Museum, but. <laughs> That, that is pretty much now the only one I'm missing from the Mortal Kombat line. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy mm. to... I, I don't want to pay $500 for it. And I'm happy to have this version of Scorpion to, to be a Scorpion in the collection. Yep. So, yeah, great move. Well done, Storm, on that. The other thing I do want to shout out is there is the the cami, uh, the battle-style cami from Street Fighter V. Very nice. That one does retail for $85. Does come with three alternate heads, all with different, you know, one with windswept left, one with windswept hair right, <laughs> one with hair straight down, face plates that are removable. What sort of style? What Street Fighter 2? Street, Street Fighter, Street Fighter five. 5. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So they're, they're interesting. Like I've got the M. Bison from branded as Street Fighter 5. And to me, it looks just like a Street Fighter Two version yep. because it's it's based on the same design. But it doesn't have white hair in those in the new aspects. Yeah, and, I think there might be minor details like yeah, that. But yeah. I know what you're saying. But I asked specifically because I know Cammy's look in Street Fighter Five is very different yes. to what you might be expecting. The, the bathing the, suit, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> oh, they'll have to get to the bathing suit version, you yeah. think. But it is a very different look, and it is a very nice look. It, mm. it, it's a good-looking figure. There are some beautiful... Cammy is one of my favourite characters. There's a Shadaloo version of Cammy mm-hmm. as well, where she's basically dressed in a swimsuit and bison outfit. And there's a statue, I don't know if it's by... Um, it's one by one of the higher-end, maybe Iron Studios or something, yeah. uh, like a $700 statue. I've got my eye on of that <laughs> oh, Shadaloo Cammy, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very cool. But the other thing we're seeing, and these are now based on Street Fighter 2, so they do have different packaging. So the Street Fighter Five are done in Street Fighter Five packaging. It's got the image from the game on the mm. box. And then there are the Street Fighter Two versions, which uh, we're getting some new ones. We're nice. getting um, Guile. Lou looks beautiful. Yep. We're getting... Sonic Boom. Yep, <laughs> Sonic Boom. We're also getting the Ken and Rue figures, or Ryu. And we're getting a Sagat or Sagat. Oh, nice. So yeah. they're all up for pre-order at the I, moment. I love that you're providing alternate pronunciations yeah. just for the geek dudes. <laughs> That's well, it. It's good. We've got to get it right, don't we? <laughs> I, I remember I never knew what they, how to pronounce some of their names, like Dalsim and Ryu and yep. stuff, because I, I never knew anything. And then I saw the t- cartoon many years later yep. and the movie and what, yeah. and they start pronouncing, and my little brother and I had, <gasps> had learned how to, how how to, yeah, had learned how to yeah. uh, pronounce them again, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, we just didn't have any other. Well, you just reading it on the screen. Right, reference. That's, that's what right. you're doing. So I don't right. even think it says it in the does game. No, when you pick the character, yeah. not in Street Fighter, Mortal no. Kombat, it does. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. So no, very. So the, it's coming thick and fast from Storm because mm. they've been very sort of tentative, and I like that because it's built up strength in the line. It's built up collector confidence. I think as well when you're buying these lines and you see, gee, that Scorpion figure's worth four hundred dollars. Yeah, it kind of gives you a bit of an incentive. I better buy this quickly before it goes yep, up. Definitely. So I think thumbs up to Storm. Absolutely, well done. Awesome. And hot off the press today, we've got some Ghostbuster three news. So Woo-hoo! just an, just announced by Paul Rudd himself, he will be in Ghostbusters three. <laughs> and he announced it on social media by the man himself, and I slimed. I tell you what, mate, <laughs> I slimed hard. Uh, he was uh, standing uh, in, in doing a bit of a selfie cam in front of the uh, New York firehouse, and he flipped the camera around to say, "Hey, you know who you're going to call? You're going to call me." So uh, there was an awesome Awesome Classic. announcement, yeah. and uh, I think uh, everyone watching the video slimed as well. So, now I'm looking forward to this. He does make mention of Ivan Reitman's son, yep, who will be directing, yes. I believe. Correct. So, and and they're trying to get all the original actors back for this. Yep. Unfortunately, Harold Ramis is no longer with us, but Ernie Hudson might be able to actually get a job this time, <laughs> which would be he nice. May not need a screen test for it either. No. Or Ernie Hudson it, so plays Ernie Hudson. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be very nice. All right, on that, we might head into our next segment. Is 
it is movie time and we have all got around and picked up the Blu-ray or digital download of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Batman. This started off as a very, very cool comic book mm. crossover, which I was super excited about and loved the tone. I loved the, the ninja element of this that they really brought through to bring and tie those worlds together. Well, it makes sense for Batman, right? How oh. many times has he faced off against ninjas and League of Shadow type That's opponents? right, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. And that does make sense to exactly which Batman villain you are going to select to be the main antagonist in this. Now, we get a lot... This is, I guess as we get into it, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I felt like this was more turtles living in Batman's world. So the turtles kind of go to Gotham and you've got more of the rogues gallery of Batman in this story. Oh, definitely. So yeah, it is, I would yeah, sort definitely of, agree with that. Which, yeah. which is fine. And that's probably the right way to do it because Batman has a bigger audience. So it, it works and it does all of that stuff. But who are you going to pick as your main bad guy from a Batman point of view? You want to have Joker in there, of course, and he's mm-hmm. going to pop up. But Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul is your one, your League of Assassins, and your ninjas because they are the perfect complement yep. to your foot soldiers. So just to clarify, we are going to go spoilers on this. So if you have not seen it and you want to be surprised by some stuff, we'll tell you when to bail out, but we'll keep this first bit spoiler-free. Yeah, so this is, just to start off on the tone, a bit of a darker tone. We had a bit mm. of a conversation around, can I show this to my six-year-old? And I sort of said, well, one of the... One of the people cops a fairly gruesome sort of death fairly early on in this, and that kind of sets the tone for this movie. I would say if you've read the comic book, you imagine that there's entire panels where you go shot for shot, and you go, imagine that being animated, and if you think your child shouldn't be seeing that, then there's your answer. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very faithful. All right, now, what did we think? Let's just talk at a high level of the things like the animation style, how the voice acting was done, and how true were they to what you expected from the characters? Did they get the characters right Mm. in this? Look, for me, I think the Turtles is always harder to do because there's four very distinct personalities. Batman is... Everybody knows what Batman is. He's stoic, you know, he doesn't have a sense of humour, all those sorts of things. But to capture all four Turtles and do all of them well... Look, I think they did. I think they did it really well. Uh, Mikey sort of treaded that. Mikey's always the, the difficult one, in my opinion, because he has to be the, the comic relief, but if he goes too far, you know, he, he crosses that line into being annoying. And silly. And yeah. silly, yeah. I, I thought he walked that tightrope really well. Uh, I thought all, all of them got their time to shine, which is something when you say about how many characters are in this, yeah. this movie. It's and packed. then it goes 70 yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they all got their moments. And I thought, the, as as someone who, who loves their turtles, I thought the characterizations of the, t- the core four were spot on. Mm. Yep. Uh, for me, uh, it felt like, first off, it felt like the turtles were fairly new to their mutation. Like they, were, they hadn't been on the streets for years and years. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were still talking, harking back to, oh, hopefully Shred- uh, Splinter doesn't realise that we've gone, you know, way out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Of thing. So that sort of honed in the timeline of them being mutated. Uh, also, uh, you know, being that younger 15 years old rather than, you know, yeah. Also, uh, they did the turtles all did separately looking different. Yes. Like uh, Donnie had this, Donnie was so weird. He had this like long really, head. Yeah, yep. really squashed head. Ralph was the huge looking bulky guy um, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, they all had their weapons in different spots as well. Yes. So Leonardo put Swords his like, yeah, like, mm. like Yusaji uh, does yep. in the new uh, films uh, and new cartoons and things. But what I loved, and I've got to harken, I've got to uh, shout this out, is the way they cleverly disguised their letters, their symbols on their belts. So Donnie had like a D, right? Mm. Where, and it was like a belt buckle, right? So yeah. the D was like the buckle ah, of the belt, yes. right? Yep. Um, uh, Leo just had a, a like a uh, sewn bit that, Spelt out L. Like um, I did yeah. not notice that. And then uh, wow. Mikey like had it like tied up, and it Looked pronounced like it. an M. Uh. And things. <laughs> Raph wasn't as clear, but it was there. Like yeah. I, it was just so subtle. Yep. But it, it, I just couldn't. As soon as I saw that, I was like, mad appreciation. Yeah. Have not seen of all the versions of the turtles. Have not seen it done so subtly and so uniquely. Yeah. Uh, really, really like that. 
And another thing that just, I, I give this a thousand out of, you know, uh, <laughs> out of 10. Uh, they had white eyes. Everyone had white eyes. Yeah, you know, even so that good. girl, she's got the really big eyes. Yep. She, her eyes were white. Um, the turtle's eyes were white. You know, that is that harkens back to the toys. That harkens mm. back to the, the more comics. menacing look of uh, my versions of Batman and yes. everyone. And I just love it. You know, the fact that they uh, kept that. Uh, was a huge thumbs up in my book. Yeah, yeah, I like the animation style. I, I agree. Donnie's head was a bit off-putting. It felt like they're looking to Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as some subtle influences for some of the differences in their look. Yes, and you know the bigger Raff, for example. And I'm becoming more used to that now as as something. I think this did it nicely. It did it obviously a lot better than Rise did it. And like you said, the white eyes, the more mature tone. Meant I thought these were animated really well, yep. and it was lovely to see the turtles in, I guess, a more mature style of animation with a bit more maturity and a bit more violence to the story. Mm-hmm. Because with things like Rise, we we sort of have gone down that more kiddie path for yep, the yep. turtles, the and more really, sanitized. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. This is a darker property. Yeah, this is not for kids. It's not. It's not yeah. a kid's property, right? Mm-hmm. And and turtles when it was created, really wasn't for kids. So yep. to some degree, it's returning to its roots. It's returning to more of its dark edge style. And I just love seeing the turtles animated in this way in a more mature story. Yep. Darren, did you have anything to add on characterization? High-level stuff. Yeah. Animation style? Yeah, look, um, I really like the animation and, and that there's probably not a lot that you guys have said that that I, I would say differently or, or that I would have to add to it because I think you've, you've covered most of it at the high level sort of uh, look of the, the thing. I, I really thought it, it looked, for a straight-to-DVD animated film, I thought it looked like it had a good budget to it. It looked like a reasonable production just from the very outset. Sometimes you get a feeling and you're not quite sure of that, but I, I really like this in that regard. I, I think they did a good job, I think, as... as Frank said of getting the distinct personalities, not just of the turtles, but of the other characters too. You know, you you obviously you're Batman, but you've got Batgirl, and and yeah. you've got um, Damien Wayne, and you've you've got Alfred, and you've got quite a bit of diversity in the cast when when you bring two franchises together like this, and and that could have been easy to to not get right, particularly when you sort of you know time constraint. I really liked Batgirl. Of all the the sort of Batman characters, the most of them were what you'd expect. Uh, the villains in particular didn't have a, a huge opportunity to shine, but Batgirl was the one that impressed me. She was just quippy enough and just, oh, that's right, she's a she's a younger mm. sort of uh, Barbara Gordon teenager and, you know, just the fact that her and Donnie naturally, yep. you know, yeah. became friends yeah. and stuff. Like, well, uh, and uh, she even takes a selfie. She knocks one of the bad guys out and takes yeah. a selfie. Yeah. Uh, and also, I've got to shout out one other thing. There's a couple of uh, points. I think it's twice in the film uh, they do silhouettes. So the turtles yes. are um, swimming through the sewer, yep. and it's they're all black uh, silhouette, and but they've still got their coloured bandanas well, and that, things. Yeah, and there's another very point. Artistic, like, isn't it? Yeah, I just love that. That's very like comic book, yes. um, comic uh, book panel, panel, you know. Uh, was, yeah. Did I just imagine it, or was there almost from the Fred Wolf? Intro yes, where they all yep. shoot out of yep. the sewer, and and, and did that did that, that almost get reprised? Yeah, and and uh, there's a p- point where they pose they all and jump on the rooftop. Yeah, and yeah. they yeah. sort of pose there, and, and that's, like, oh, it's yeah. not quite, but it's it mimicking. Was, it was, it was yeah. designed yeah. by, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. that looked so, great. Yeah. Throwbacks to that, you know, yeah. and also the the. Um, Turtle van itself was, yeah, hunt, it was straight really out nice. of yep. straight out of the toy, well, and also the, um, the Fred Wolf cartoon. And I, I love that contrast to the Batmobile and why the Batmobile was so cool because all they've got is really this hunk of junk yep. Volkswagen combi van. Yes. And yeah, it's been modded, but like it's pretty crappy compared to Batman's, you know, million dollar Batmobile. Yep. And that's cool. Like that's that's what it is. That's they are scavengers and they're putting together these things as best they can. And they are impressed by Batman when they see what he's got. Yep. So that is very cool. But- I Yep, sorry, but-, oh, but then on the flip side, uh, uh, Robin's very uh, entertained by the fact, like when they pedal to the metal in the yeah. turtle van, yeah. and he's like, "Whoa!" Like they're all holding, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah. "That was cool." And also, it shows his age when they they uh, get to wherever they're going, and he and Robin runs out in front. And he's like, "I won," you know. Yeah. Just little, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, yep. he's very mature, but also immature at the same time. Yes. So. Da- yeah, Damien Wayne was probably the one that just sort of broke it for me a little bit. Like this is this is a guy who you know was was trained. By the, the Razal Ghul, 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 yeah, 
and then he uh, and we're probably transitioning into spoilers at this point but there's a bit where they first meet the turtles and like all good crossovers the good guys fight initially and Damien Wayne this master assassin of 10 years old is somehow bested by Michelangelo sitting on him yeah, yeah, right? yeah and that's that, why I just yeah. went mm, yeah them really? changing into their shells too too, too often yeah. I was like I, I didn't care well, for they only did that it was one time. It was it? two times too many yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. count. Well, and they they because they, they totally go in. They fall like, down from they they drop off at the end. Yes. Uh, and and they fall down and they're like, oh no, what are we gonna do? We'll just change into our uh, shells and they yes. bounce on the top of the building. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? really? Yeah. That was how you end yeah. that. Uh, I wasn't a fan of that. And it looks silly because it does. It does. Y- y- where are their internal organs going at this point? <laughs> I know Davey's writing some fan fiction about that, but. <laughs> They just can't fit. Where, where's his Gwildor going? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but they just you just can't fit all those yeah. bits yeah. inside your body. It's just ridiculous. So I thought that was a bit silly. But should we hit the spoiler yes. button? Because we will go into spoilers, so Frank will hit that now. Um, just talking about ca- characters that appeared, we did talk about Ra's al Ghul being the, I guess, the main rogues gallery or Batman villain. But of course, Shredder is the Turtles villain and that's very cool. We do get a um, penguin showing up fairly early on in this Mm -hmm. with his penguin bad guys as well and having a bit of a battle there. But the big one, I guess, is when they go to Arkham. And this is... I felt this went into a bit of a paint-by-numbers sort of territory where they got, you know, the rogues gallery, which I thought was great. They had Mr. Freeze, they had Poison Ivy, they had Harley Quinn. Bane. Bane, you know, wonderful... But then when they all got mutated, it was I felt it was a bit like, oh, you know, you gotta go through every scene where they fight a mutated version yeah. of the character. Um What it, was sorry, so uh, you got Harley Quinn as a hyena, yep. Mr. Freeze is a, pa- a polar bear, Scarecrow is a crow, yes. um, two faces are sort of um, a two headed hyena type yeah. thing. Jaguar, yeah. yep. uh, Joker is a snake, which I thought was kind of fitting. What was Bane? Is uh, like a tiger, wasn't he? Some I don't sort know. Of, some sort because of he had cat. dots on his uh, a leopard, leopard maybe leopard. It, I don't know. But then he was and as big as 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 um, Mr. Freeze as a polar bear. It just didn't. That yeah, was the maybe one. The bane syrup, serum thing, the venom, bane, bane syrup. syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your bane syrup. Oh, that's got to come and out. There's a uh, license for DC to get right into bane syrup. Mm. Uh, but then Batman then turns into Man Bat, uh, yeah. which was so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. And then it just keeps going because you've got um, the foot ninjas and the Ra's al Ghul yep. ninjas changing into different characters. Yes. And that T Rex? Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. the one that did me. I'm like, yeah. it's a T Rex with a giant <laughs> foot hoodie on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All he needed is a little Mario hat, like from the new Mario game. <laughs> but like, then and it's, it's an interesting attention to detail because then when he gets. Um, you know, humanized, humanized back. Yeah. He's basically naked. Yeah. His hood. Yeah. You're like that hood and, would be massive. And you it, could wear it like a cloak. He, the way he transforms, like he's he's, he's sitting butt up in the air, like, <laughs> mooning the next guy coming down the road. One you didn't mention in terms of the mutation was Poison Ivy. Oh, of and that, yeah, was, yeah, that was it was a throwaway. It was just yeah. a silliness because essentially she turns into a plant. You know, like a Venus flytrap style of plant, which is often associated with Poison Ivy. But the whole the whole fight is that she's rooted to the ground and she can't move, and the good they guys just, just walk, walk around walk outside past of her, her reach. Yeah. So it yeah it felt you know I think they just went. Well, maybe... There's only so many fights they could have, right? Yeah. Against, and they sort of like if you think because they I think it's who is it Ralph, Mikey, and Damian Wayne at that point, and they've just finished fighting Mister Freeze mm. as the polar bear, which had. I'll just have to interject. Oh no! The the coolest line. The, in the Pink whole Floyd movie. reference. Yes. <laughs> Hey, creature, leave that kid alone. My wife is in the room for that yeah. the second time hey, I watched yeah. it and she said, hey, leave those kids alone. And then he, he said, <laughs> she's like, yes, yes. I so could have written even, this. Yeah, yeah, so good. she called it. Oh, so good. But yeah, I think by that point, you'd that had fights with this person. Bane was off fighting Donatello and, and Batgirl. And so to then have another fight scene with another villain that's not the penultimate sort of battle of the movie, I think they... Had to, had to find a way to shortcut it. It was, but yes, that that very much fell on the the turtle wackiness side of things yeah. as opposed to the Batman 
scary villain type thing. Just talking about the violence in here, obviously we open up with the um, Shredder throwing the Ninja Star. That's the one. That's straight at at the um, foot soldier's uh, head and, you know, killing him instantly. But did you notice Ra's al Ghul to open up the chamber to get into Arkham? He was holding a severed hand, one of the guards, and and gets in there. I was like, whoa, this is dark. It was impressive. You know, he he killed a guard to get in, chopped his head off. And his sword was remarkably clean. There was no blood mm. on that sword whatsoever yeah. when he walked past. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, one other thing. Did yeah. you notice um, Mikey's skateboard that we've seen numerous times mm. in the... Anything significant about that skateboard? Ooh. Not that I can remember. No. No. Mondo Gecko's skateboard. Oh, wow. It had the skull it had the and skull. the, the things. It? Yeah, it's oh, exact sick. from the toy. Oh, I wish it was. Wow. Yeah. That, that is nice <laughs> fan service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, yeah, so I, I couldn't... Once I saw that, that skull sticker, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, stands yeah, out. Yeah, it stands out, yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. Hey, I just thought, you know, who didn't we see and maybe who could have been in this story? Um, for me, the big one, you know, like I said, this is more of a, a Batman story. In, set in Gotham. Gotham really? with all yeah. the Batman characters and the Turtles. But I would have liked to have seen, you know, maybe April and Casey well, make an well, just, appearance. Just in that, I thought at the very start, I yes. thought that was April. I didn't, I didn't think it was oh, uh, yes. Batgirl. When it was I, Barbara Gordon. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I thought that was April. When they yeah. And then name. she's like, yes. she, she, then she flows, throws up the clipboard yeah, and blocks. stops the thing. I'm like, whoa, when April's got ninja well, I skills? They, yeah. I think at one point the scientist or whatever refers to her, oh, Miss Gordon? And yes. I just went, ah, oh, okay. Right. I, I, I think the first time I watched it, I must have missed yeah, that. I must have just had it. That's April, you know. Sorry, go on, Trent. Yeah. No, I was just saying, was there anyone else that was sort of a notable omission from this film? I, I guess when you talk Turtles, I mean, we know like all the more obscure characters and stuff, and if you're going to have a story where you're mutating, you know, mutation is such a key part of this story, you're going to mutate all the Arkham villains, you don't then want to throw in no. an Ace Duck or an Asagi Yojimbo. You had enough of that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I think yeah. that that was enough. I think they did the... T- I would have kind of liked to have seen Splinter. There was that really nicely yep. drawn, a very yes. Eastern-style yep. sort of drawing when they're talking about Shredder's ultimate attack thing, which yes. I thought was awesome. I'm like, put that in more Turtles media, that Shredder, if he does this... Um, what's the, the, word? the move. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I'm um, trying to think it's like... Um, like an anime sort of yeah. like power charge up yeah, takes yeah. him ten minutes to do it, um, yeah. And then you had that nice sort of one still shot of Splinter, and I'm like, Splinter could have shown up at some point. Yeah, I think. yeah. but did you? So you saw that like uh, harken back to the China, the Asian side yep. uh, Muriel thing, and Shredder looked like Shredder. But mm. then did you look at Splinter? He had these huge ears, yeah. and he was really he animated. Like a, yeah, I, I wanted to see that version of Splinter right. walking around. It looked like as, a ripped Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as for characters we didn't see, I, wouldn't, I want to see Catwoman. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's you, cool. you talk about mutations, yeah. like she could have been a cool adversary uh, in Arkham mm-hmm. to transform. Yep, very Definitely. cool. All right, favourite bit time. Frank, do you have a favourite part of this film? Uh, I think when I knew that this tone was something I was I was down for was is at the start when the turtles meet uh, Penguin. And Mikey's, you know, he's going, oh, he's got a gumbrella. Yep. It's an umbrella, it's a, it's a gun. And then... You know, he's like, I love this place. And and I think Raph's even like, oh, sh- shut up, Mikey, whatever. He goes, but look, they have blimps for no reason. <laughs> yes. How crazy is this city? And I'm yep. like, yep, all right. It's That's self-referential. Cool. Yeah. It's, yep, I'm down. Yeah, that was a high point of mine. I really love the penguin scene too. I, the other one that really stands out to me is the turtles in the Batcave. Yep. I just thought yeah, that was nice. really, really cool. Mikey wearing the Batman. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, now you need that action figure, don't I do. you? <laughs> They're do. making it. Very yeah. cool. Uh, for me, it was uh, it was Mikey in the Batmobile, like yep. shotgun on yes. yeah. you know, riding along, and yes. he's all he's standing amongst this whole computer of buttons <laughs> and things. He's like, oh, don't I just want to press anything. And then Batman's later on, he's yep. like, you can touch the button. Yeah. And he's like, oh my god, that just like loses it. And that then is... Damien sees like the bat-shaped fireworks. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I wanted to press yeah. all the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See again, that's his immaturity exactly. shining yeah. through. I didn't yeah. mind that so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. I did love the opening scene. So there is a scene where essentially, you know, the Shredder and the Foot are stealing all the tech. And then Batman comes to investigate and there's a showdown. Just when you think, and we talked about it, you know, one of the Foot is starting to give away information mm. and Shredder throws in the ninja star from up on the ledge and, yep. and gets him right in the middle of the head. Temple. Temple, but just straight in and you see it dig in and the blood come out. Very cool scene. And you think, oh, this is going to kind of set up the showdown. 
but he, you know Shredder's going to get away, but he doesn't. He yeah. jumps down and faces off with the Batman, and that fight sequence, I love that. Well, I thought he, he he shoots up the battery, the bat um sort of rope thing, and yeah. Shredder just cuts it, yeah. and it's like Batman's never had his rope cut before. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just like, like he looks look, confused. Look, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you cut my rope. No one has ever done that before. And then the, the bit I loved, there's so many references, and there's I wanted to shout out, but in that scene in particular, when Shredder turns around, he's like, "All right, let's take this on," and he jumps down, and there's that slow motion yep. thing of him landing. I'm like. That's straight out the original movie. Like, you yeah. think when yeah. Shredder jumps on the, and it's slow motion, he comes down, he comes back up again. Yep. Oh, so good. Yeah. And that fight scene, it felt, it wasn't like, you know, because it's so early, you're, oh, the bad guy's clearly going to win. It felt evenly matched. Yeah, it, did. it was backwards and forwards. No yep. no one person felt better than the other. And I, lo- I just, I kind of, when I know it's a bit more of a violent take with the Shredder, I'm always just freaked out by the fact he's got these blades all over him and any punch could just rip you know, Batman or whoever he's fighting to shreds. Yep. And just, you know, how that thing cut, how those blades cut beams and bars and heads into com- into computers. Yep. And then, you know, Batman was taking out the blades here it's and really, there. And it was just really impactful. I really thought it was well really well, scene. really well, nicely animated. And and then, yeah, like Frank said, it sort of ends with this hyper power buildup, um, which was a different take for the mm. Shredder, but I think a really cool addition. All right, we did talk about some of our less favourite bits. Was there anything else anyone wanted to add at this point? Yeah, for me, uh, at the start of that awesome fight, Shredder's not wearing a cape. Like Shredder, cape. to me, needs a cape. But then yeah. when he does come back for the second fight where he fights Batman, yes. he's got the cape. He's had, so I was happy with it. Okay. So he's had fashion yeah, advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. He finally heard me from shouting at him. Uh, but, <laughs> that, uh, but aside from that, he, he does look really cool. I like the colour scheme. Like the white eyes yeah. and things, and um, yeah, that was probably my only shout out, my only little gripe. I felt some of the fight scenes in Arkham went a little bit too long. Yeah, uh, but agreed. but you know, you got a, a crossover film. This is just my you know creme de la creme. Like yeah, yeah, probably the the bit at the end where they're trying to like stop the thing that's going to spray ooze all over Gotham, and they're up on the thing, and Donnie's got a broken arm and incapacitated, and. And Mikey's like, I don't know what to do. And he barely taps this computer console and it starts sparking and blows up. And Donnie's like, just do that. So trash the thing, right? I'm like, what sort of bloody hardware are these Gotham villains using (laughs) if a little tap from the back of someone's hand makes it blow up? Come on. Yeah. Get some good hardware. Exactly. You spent all this money on this plan. (laughs) Get it right. Make it it durable. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, there's probably not a lot of things that I was disappointed with. I think given the 70 minute runtime and what they had time for, to do, I was pretty happy with with most of it. Maybe some of the fight scenes at, at Arkham were a little long, as people said, but I, I feel that's kind of being a little bit gripey. I mean, five years ago, I would never imagine we would have got a film like this. No, oh, so true. No, no, look, I, so I'm not gripey. I, I I agree. I just think they went too many characters, maybe for the yes, Arkham yes, scenes. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, they I, needed. I agree. I don't think they needed seven or eight characters to get mutated yeah, yeah I, no, I agree when I realised that was going to happen I was like oh this just feels like one of those Arkham games where you yeah. go in going to fight Joker or Bane or whoever it is and then now oh, this person shows up and this person yeah. shows up and I was like oh, yeah you could have done without uh, Scarecrow or you know Poison Ivy like Easily. a couple of the sort of just you know, take them away lower tier didn't, ones. didn't need it but minor gripe a lot of fun this yep. film was a lot of fun very cool to get Ninja Turtles attached to Batman definitely and out there in the public and I'd love to see more darker grittier M sort of 15 yes. plus age group Turtles I'd love to see that I'd love to definitely. see them go back and do Mirage you know issues yep. 1 to oh, 8 man. or 1 That'd to 20 or, or 1 to 200 <laughs> one to <laughs> <laughs> pretty much but I would love to see that, and I hope they do it. We yeah. got a taste with the Ninja Turtles, the final one. I uh, uh, can't, can't remember the name of it, but Turtles Forever. Turtles Forever, yes. yeah, yeah. where we got that taste of the black, the and, black white. and white, yeah. and I want more of that. So yes, but, anything in that in that space. But how good was the um, oh, the yes. credit scene where they oh, yes. mashed up oh, yes. the covers? Well, I had and to things. say it was yes. almost my favourite part. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's saying a lot because this is a great film, but. Those, what they did, to, to Ben's point, they took iconic Ninja Turtles covers and they took iconic Batman covers and they spliced... Crossed them over. They crossed yes, them over. Yeah. They just mixed them in. And it's, and I reckon I recognise you know, 80% yes. of those covers. Yep. Yep. 
And it was... I mean, that's worth watching again. It's, it's again. almost worth yeah. pausing and, 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 and lapping it up and then pressing play, pause yeah. again. Yep. Yep. And then, oh, that's so cool. Right, play, pause. Yep. Oh, I, I want to find the art director and say, please send me those original yes. files. Yeah, exactly. would be amazing to, to yeah. print Well, they should do... Yeah. They should be wallpapers yeah. or something. You know, they're, yeah. they're brilliant. So good. Look, and, uh, quick little fun fact before we wrap up. Uh, do you know who voiced Batman? In this? Because it's obviously not Ke- our mate Kevin Conroy. It wasn't Kevin Conroy. It's a big name, though, isn't it? Uh, it's a name you might... Troy yeah. Baker? What's he done? I don't... He's done a lot of voice work. I looked him up. You may not recognise him, but what I found interesting is... Do you know who voiced the Joker? Troy Baker. Yeah, The same right. guy yeah. Right. did the voice of Joker and Batman. Yeah. I find that really I did really notice that at the time and then I'd forgotten. But yeah, yeah that is interesting because... You could not get two characters. Wildly different, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just goes to the talent of some of these voice actors. Yes, you know definitely. I, mean? yeah. I think Troy do. Baker's done a lot of video games. He'd done, he'll think he was uh, Red Hood in the Arkham Knight. Yes. Or the, the Arkham Knight himself, sorry. And I think he was in Uncharted 4 and stuff. So that's he's very yeah. much his, his wheelhouse. No, very good. All right, we can't finish off a movie review without scoring this in typical Days <laughs> Video Graveyard fashion out of 19. Frank, what do you give this film out of 19? I'm going to go 16 out of 19. Yeah, very nice. I'm going to lock in 16 as well. Yeah, I was. that was my number <laughs> two, 16. <laughs> Rounded out with four out of four with 16 hey. on this film. Hey, great to talk about that because that's the first time we've been able to chat Ninja Turtles v. Batman. A lot of fun and really enjoyed that. And yeah, definitely want to see more. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. I think the next one that's coming out for the straight to Blu-ray, straight to DVD is Batman Hush. Yes. Which I I love that that series. Um, We are going to talk in a future episode, part two of our favorite comic book arcs of all time. Can't wait for that discussion to happen. But yeah, Batman Hush. Oh, wow. And that... Funnily enough, as Darren will testify to, got me into collecting DC Direct at the time because that too, line actually. was so hush compelling. Figures, yeah. Hush figures. Yeah. Well, I've got some uh, hush figures up there, actually. Yeah. They are beautiful. Yeah. Joker with the movable mouth. Yes, yep. And the bang, bang, I gun. found that out in, in, in Toy Fair magazine. Yes. I didn't know. I had the figure in hand. Didn't know it had oh. the articulated mouth until I read that Scott, uh, article. Rushed home because I think I took it to work or whatever and rushed home and I'm like, oh my God, it does move. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and no, you can't tell. Like, no, you that's can't. That's how well no. it's, the yeah. articulation yeah. is hidden. So, And and one of my favourite depictions of Batman, that sculpt yeah. is oh. just uh, perfect. Very Jim um, Lee. Yep. yep. So yeah, can't wait for that. Um, very excited for that upcoming release. On that note, we're going to say a huge thank you for tuning into another episode of Toy Power. We really appreciate your support. If you want to drop us a comment on the podcast, feel free to do that. A big shout out to all our patrons, all the wonderful comments and support you guys give us every week. We really appreciate that. And we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh, 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 oh.